The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. and drums, you know it's time for the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, powered by Evergy. Join us as we explore the world of business, leadership, and entrepreneurship in Wichita. Learn from local business leaders and owners on how they have built and grown their companies and the challenges and opportunities they met along the way. Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens Ajibalande. Welcome to the WCBA brought to you by Evergy. We got a special edition today. This is uh, called Journey Unseen. We're going to visit with a local leader and Ebony's going to introduce them right now. You know, I am super excited about today. We get an opportunity to interview one of my personal sheroes. You know, yeah. the reality is I had, for a number of years, I had heard of this woman, this mysterious woman <laughs> who just does work in the community. And I was like, is she real? I've never met her. I've never met her. And then one day I had an opportunity to meet her um, as she was doing work. Um, so today we have Miss Yolanda Camarena with us in the building. Oh, I am so glad to be here with both of you. I, I uh, look at both of you as uh, good community friends and, and personal friends as well. And so I'm excited. Haven't had a chance to see either of you in a while. It's so true. I'm excited to finally get a chance to get back and seeing people again. So thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. So Yolanda, tell us a little bit about you. I've always wanted to just sit down, have a coffee, and now we have this opportunity just to learn a little bit more um, and dive a little bit deeper into your background. So where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Yeah, um, I'm um, originally from South Texas. Um, I was born in San Antonio and uh, raised also in uh, my family's from Corpus Christi, Texas mm. as well. And things And my parents were... Um, both also, my mother was from a small town called Robstown, Texas, which is just, you know, like Wichita Andover type mm. thing, you mm -hmm. know, uh, there of Corpus Christi. Um, I have five sisters, so there's six girls in my family. Um, no brothers? No brothers. Ooh. Every time there was a new baby, my dad would say, is it a girl or boy? <laughs> <laughs> and they'd say, we're going to try one more time. And so oh six girls. Six. And even um, <clears throat> when my father had, gotten ill, I even said, there's a reason why, Dad, that you were blessed with six girls, mm -hmm. because no one would be here taking care of you the way your daughters do. <laughs> oh, so, I bet. Yeah. So that, is, uh, that has really been a blessing. We're each other's best friends, and, and we're all very close. My mother still lives here in, uh, in Wichita, uh, but the rest of our family's in, in South Texas and things, and that's where all my family was from. Um, my father was in the military, and he joined it very young, and, um, and my mother... Uh, uh, you know, was a stay-at-home mom and had always uh, been there to to take care of us and kind of be um, a military mom. But um, you know, the, we grew. They grew up very, very humble. They were mm -hmm. very, very uh, humble. My mother was a migrant worker mm -hmm. there in Texas and uh, grew up 
picking crops and things, um, strawberries and beets, and they would travel and things to the family. She comes from a family of uh, 14. Wow. Seven boys, seven girls. My father comes from a family of um, of nine, you know, um, and things. And so they all had <clears throat> very hardworking families and things. Um, so I grew up seeing uh, what that was. And, um, and in the summer times, we would go and help with... Uh, Picking cotton in the summertime, you know, uh, when we were having our summer vacation, basically, was to go with my mom's family and stuff. And and um, for me, it was never work. It was always fun wow. because I was with my family. Okay. And I was like about probably maybe nine or ten or something like that mm-hmm. and, and things. But the more people you had in the field, the more, you know, money you were going to make. And things too, um, and I think because of that experience, it really did uh, teach me the importance of family, um, the importance of of what hard work is all about, and um, and what that can, um, how that really does form and develop in you and your work ethic and 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 what you see. And the interesting thing of all of that was in the early seventies. When um, Cesar Chavez, you know, when the Farm Workers Union uh, was really being active and I was in college at that time, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's my family. Mm. That's, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think from a lot of that grew my passion also to help community and, and to help those, um, you know, who um, who work hard and um, really just kind of need those opportunities and someone to believe in them and, and, and uh, support them. And so. So uh, that's, you know, kind of where my family came. My father, as I said, was in the military. And so we ended up in um, 1970 getting stationed to Wichita, Kansas. Okay. And we're like, Wichita, Kansas? <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Uh, Are and we went to McConnell serious? with the idea that we were going to move back to Texas every year. And we never did. And we ended up making Wichita our home. So, that's beautiful. And it's been it's been a great place to, to, to grow up and, and to raise our family as well. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, you you think about that story and um, how you were able to take your experience of working in the the field with your family and help using that to develop your leadership and your passion for the community. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's beautiful. I re- you know, I remember as a kid going to uh, the farm with my grandmother and mm-hmm. picking things, and and I hated it. Number one. <laughs> 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 but it does bring back a lot of memories and and, and speaks to what you're talking about with family. Mm-hmm. So you moved here to Wichita when you were around what age? Uh, I was just, uh, I was a uh, junior in high school. So I would have been around, school. yeah, 16, 17 when we came back to Wichita. Mm-hmm. We were stationed in Japan uh, for four years before we came to Wichita. Mm. So um and that in itself was a, an incredible experience, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to live in another country and yeah. see that culture and, and traditions. And I think also in the military, we talk about diversity and inclusion and those kinds of things. But when you're in the military, I mean, it truly is kind of diversity. Maybe work still needs to be done in inclusion on some levels and stuff, <laughs> but um, definitely diversity because of the fact that you're traveling all over the world right. and, and you're interacting with so many <laughs> different people and culture. And, and that was another, it's funny how things in our lives, you know, shape us along the way. And that's where I love to travel and, and um, 
experience, you know, other cultures and traditions and, and those kinds of things. And a lot of it came from being in the military and just having to to move all the time and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and my mom was great about it. Boy, she could, and I always laugh all the time. And I tell my daughters who, they don't agree, but I always say, if we were to lose everything today and um, we had to start all over again, I wouldn't have any problems with it. I said, because my mom always taught us that she could make a home out of a cardboard box. Mm. And so, and that's where we lived a lot of times, cardboard boxes, mm. um, you know, of just moving, you know, every two mm-hmm. years yeah. or three years yeah. or whatever in the military. I said, now my daughters on the other hand were like, mm, I don't know about that mom, you know. They <laughs> 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 a little bit more of the cupboards and things. But, um, but I hope that some of that has rubbed off on them as mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. on what we try to teach our children, you know, so. That's mm-hmm. very nice. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as we are looking back and you're talking about your, your family, um, you're a first-generation college graduate. Is yes. that correct? My mother was, um, I think she had maybe fifth or sixth grade education. And um, my father also was like, I think, middle school as well. What made you think uh, that you wanted to go to college? Well, <laughs> It's really funny because I didn't, I wasn't thinking about going to college, oh, really, wow. to tell you the truth. Um, I graduated from high school, and then I kept thinking, God, what am I going to do now, mm-hmm. you know? And um, my oldest sister, even though we're first generation, she had started a year before. And I thought, well, I guess that's what I do, too. I, I you know, I really hadn't, you know, had, you know, kind of the traditional route where you go and visit a college campus and mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. talk to recruiters and the, those kinds of things. I mean, I think it was like in August, right before classes start, that I decided to go apply to Wichita State University, um, not knowing what college credit meant, not knowing mm-hmm. anything of mm-hmm. what it was all about, and um, getting accepted in there. And I'm meeting with a with a, an advisor who tells me you're going to be taking you know, 14 college credits. And I had no idea what that meant. I mean, it really truly took me almost, if not the year, to figure out, you know, you know, what college credits was and how it works and and the days that you're in there and and those kinds of things and what financial aid was and everything, because it was all brand new. Um, And and so you just kind of um, stumble and and trip and get back up again and figure it out. And uh, the blessing was having people there. At that time, I don't know if you guys when, but in the '70s when I went to um, to college, um, there was a program called their Project Together. Hmm. Jaddy Blake, uh, Joe Gardenhire, uh, those individuals were the ones who oversaw that program. That was probably the first. Uh, that was the, the office. It had just started, uh, and it was was when the trio programs were just beginning oh, okay. in the early early '70s. And things, and um, it was a great time for me um, because that is the time when I think what I find myself um, where I found my voice, mm. my voice in um, in uh, wanting to make a difference, in wanting to see how we can make change. Because the seventies were a big social change. You had the Vietnam War, so you had you know you had that going on, the, the peace rallies. You had at that time. You had the Black Panthers. You had Chicano mm-hmm. Power. You had uh, so. Um, oh, the Native American movement was really big at that time as well. And so there was so much social change that was going on um, that um, 
because of that, I truly be, I became much more active on campus. Um, my one mentor who I love to this day is uh, uh, Dean Radigan, mm-hmm. you know, Jim Radigan. He saw this little tiny Mexicana on campus, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> going from a whisper to, you know, a little bit, getting a little louder and louder and things, um, and took me under his wing and said, okay, Let's figure out how we can make this work for mm-hmm. you. And got me involved in uh, Mecha. At that time, it was Mecha. Now it's known as Halo. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so Mecha was El Movimiento Estudiantil Chicanos de Aslan. So it was like really radical, you know. And it was so cool to say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, it sounded good. To you me. felt you felt really <laughs> radical at that time. Um, now it's it's Halo, which is Hispanic American uh, Leadership Organization, um, which is. Basically, you know, helping our Latino students, you know, make the adjustment to college, being that support system, and also encouraging that community service mm-hmm. and things. How and do you, so, you hit you know, on leadership. How do you define leadership? For me, leadership is um, kind of like what KLC always says, you know, it's kind of this action, it's your verb. Um, but for me, leadership, I always look back at um, Dolores Huerta. And she, you know, was one of the founders with the Farm Workers Union. But Dolores Huerta was the one who coined the cry or the grito that we say of si se puede. You know, and that means, yes, you can. Mm. And I think because of that, I always looked at leadership as being that, mm. as yes, you can um, lead. Yes, you can um, make change. Um, you can. And so I see leadership as an opportunity for you to affect change, but maybe be that person who can also help others to see that vision as well mm-hmm. and things. Um, and so, and I know there's so many, you know, there's your, you know, leaders who are the forefront and and that kind of thing. And for me, it was always about being there with uh, the community, being there with individuals or a small group or whatever it is and coming uh, and agreeing to a common goal and, you know, not being in the forefront necessarily, but um, but having everybody come alongside mm-hmm. and making that change with mm-hmm. you. Of all the characteristics you have in your leadership, Quiver, what is the one that benefits you the most? I think the fact that I can, um, that I try to be a leader that sees all points of views. I think it's important that you have to listen. You have to be able to know what your beliefs are and and your passions and things, but also know what is the belief and passions of others mm-hmm. and look for that common goal. Um, and so it is that, Ability to negotiate, maybe ability to compromise um, without giving up, you know, or without losing sight of your own, you know, interest and, and, and concerns and things. But having that opportunity to be able to work um, as a group together, cohesiveness, mm-hmm. I think, is the other thing. So I think hopefully to understand and to listen, you know, as a leader. Um, and then from there, work to how do we put 
all these differences together. Yeah. Um, and see if we can make it work um, for a common good. Excellent. Mm-hmm. E? Well, you mentioned earlier, you know, your, and, and I'm going back to this, but it's just really a truly amazing for me to hear, you know, as a first generation college uh, student, not even knowing what college credits are, <laughs> to see in your growth, um, you know, from saying, I don't know what I'm doing, finding a mentor to, you know, from being quiet to roaring, essentially, and mm-hmm. having a voice, mm-hmm. um, and then going off to Harvard, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So um, kind of talk to us about that experience of going to Harvard, um, because, you know, especially coming from from Wichita, and it's gotten much better, um, and being a minority being able to uh, go into this Ivy League institution, you know, this premier institution of higher education, <laughs> yeah. right? Talk to us about that journey. Um, that was a journey. Boy, let me, I look <laughs> back on that and I'm thinking, dang. Uh, but for me, I think it's always been about uh, people who are put in our, in our paths. Um, when we come to that uh, fork in the road and, you know, do I take this, road or do I, you know, decide not to go the eat like the like um, Robert Frost's poem, you mm-hmm. know, the road less traveled. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you think, um, you know, I, I go back to Dean Madigan. I mean, like I said, he really mentored me. I think the people who were in project together, we were really close and supported each other when um, and at that time it was real important to have that um, because we were always told that we weren't going to succeed, mm-hmm. you know, that we weren't going to go to college, that yeah. we weren't going to make, you know, right. anything of ourselves in a sense. Um, and you hear that enough and you start believing it. Right. So you surround yourself with people who um, who start believing in you, even when we don't believe in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And um, and so Dean Radigan was one of those individuals. Um, there were, of course, other people along the way, but he really had a significant impact, as I said. And so he did teach me the, the importance of, uh, of a leader and that kind of thing. Um, there was a very good friend of mine, Lisa Quiroz, um, who was at that time working for Harvard College. And she, um, on, I was working at that time, it was, um, it was Kansas Newman hmm. uh, here in town. And I was in their admissions office and we would travel on the road as admissions counselors. You know, we'd do all the college fairs and things. Well, on the road, it's largely male. You know, and there were, you know, some females on the road as well. Uh, but she, there was no Latinos on the road. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so her and I, and she was at that time, like I said, working at, at Harvard College. I was at Newman. But we would meet at some of these national college fairs that we would attend. And so we gravitated to each other. We became very, you know, good friends and and um, and continued to be friends even when we weren't traveling together. Um, and so she called me one day. She said, there's a position open at the Kennedy School of Government at Harvard University, and you should apply for it. Wow. And so I gave her all the reasons why I wouldn't get the job. <laughs> and she gave me all the reasons of why I should apply and uh, probably could get the job. Mm-hmm. And uh, even to this day, I still use the analogy that she gave me. And she said, um, Yolanda, the only thing you're going to be out is the stamp you put on that envelope. And that's it. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what, Lisa, you're right. And so I applied, um, didn't hear for a while because they were in the process, they were in the middle of their admissions process. Um, and I remember it was Cinco de Mayo weekend at Harvard College. And they had called and said, you know, we'd like to have you come up for an interview. 
And um, I said, sure. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, where the heck is Harvard? You know, because I mean, I truly would like, I know it's in Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure where in Massachusetts, (laughs) you know. Um, I had never been to the East Coast and um, had not been really any farther east than maybe Kansas City or some other places (laughs) in those areas and stuff, too. Um, But she kept telling me, you know, you got to do this. You got to do this. You know, you'll never know what opportunities are going to be available to you. And um, I did, I went up there, did the, you know, intense interviewing. And the last person I interviewed with was Dean Blackwell. And he is like the renowned, um, at that time at the Kennedy School, he was in uh, nuclear warfare. Mm. And so I walk into his office and he looks at me and he says, um, he says, well, I'm a shocker. Mm-mm. And I looked at him and I thought, okay, so, okay, like, uh, I wasn't sure what he was saying, you know. And um, I I walked in and he said, see, and he points it up to his bookcase and there's the decanter of the Wushok oh. that he had. So he was, uh, he had gone to WSU. Wow. He taught in the political science department at WSU. Wow. And so we just chit-chatted about Wichita and people that we knew here and that kind of thing. And uh, he kept saying, well, do you think you're the only one that can be from the Midwest and be over here, you know? <laughs> and so uh, so um, came back to, um, to you know, Newman, um, and they offered me the position. And it's interesting how um, when opportunities are, are presented to you, how you really have to stop and step back and really look at what's important to you. Mm-hmm. So the dean calls me and he says, you know, we'd like to offer you the position at the Kennedy School. And it was an associate director um, for their two-year program, their master's programs. And I said, oh my gosh. I said, well, can I tell, can I, can I have the weekend to think about it? And, and I'll call you on Monday. And he's going, um, okay. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, thinking, this is Harvard telling you, do you right. want a job? You know, and you're thinking about it. <laughs> But it was interesting because for me, it was like I was, you know, had dating my husband and, you know, had never really been away from the family. Mm-hmm. And and um, there were just so many things I needed to really just kind of like stop and really think about, do I really want to do this um, and things. And so I, I uh, of course, called him on Monday and said, yes, we're going to do it. I uh, had the support from everybody that I really needed at that time and um, said, I guess I'm going off to Harvard. You know, and it was so funny because my mom goes, oh, you're going to get the education that we could never give you. I said, no, mama, I'm working there. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm hoping to get my education later, but I'm not going to school there. I'm going to be working there, you know. Um, so um, that's how I ended up at Harvard. And I think the interesting thing that um, my dean kept asking me all the time when I was there, he says, how are you feeling? You know, are you okay? Are you feeling lonely? Are you get?" And I told him, I said, you know, uh, Cal, I said, it's not feeling lonely, it's being only. Mm. It's the mm. onlyness, yeah. not the loneliness. Yeah. I said being the only Latina here at the graduate level. I mean, that was at, at across the board at the university um, and things. Um, and said, you know, this is what we've got to really look at and change um, so that we can start really creating this. And so we did, we started doing a lot of things at that time to, to kind of address that issue as well. So it was a great, I mean, unbelievable learning experience, um, you know, took the road that uh, led to Harvard, I guess. And, and, um, and that again, you know, is where you find more growth in yourself and, and, um, and see, you know, the effects you have on students and, 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 um, and what you can accomplish. So, 
We want to talk a little bit more about that. But right now we're going to go in for a break so that we can hear a word from our sponsor. And friends, we'll be back to hear more of Yolanda's story. Severe weather. Whether it's hail, wind, rain or snow, storms can cause damages, inconveniences and sometimes even power outages. At Evergy, we're committed to providing safe, reliable energy. And in the event of an outage, our linemen work tirelessly to restore your power as quickly and as safely as possible. And with tools like our outage map and real-time updates, we're with you every step of the way. Visit evergy.com slash stay safe to learn more. By celebrating our differences and developing an awareness of our unconscious biases, we can build the cultural competence to better understand our coworkers and clients. BKD CPAs and Advisors is working to build an inclusive environment where everyone is empowered and unique perspectives are valued. Visit BKD.com to learn more about BKD, our culture, and how our Sky Diversity Initiative aims to create a level playing field for everyone. Martin Pringle is a proud supporter of the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce Journey Unseen program and of Wichita women who are moving business forward building women up and forging their own path. Learn more at martinpringle.com. The Journey Unseen program is brought to you by Fidelity Bank. Our next move will shape the future of Wichita. Let's lean into the challenges and believe in the promise that progress holds. Together, we move bravely onward. Welcome back, friends. We are here for a journey unseen with Miss Yolanda Camarena, and she is talking to us a little bit about her journey. Before the break, we were talking about her being the only one in the room. And as many of you know, her uh, legacy is bringing others into the room. And I just kind of want to talk about um, that journey and why it's so important for her to to reach back and help others be there. Well, you know, it's... um I've been blessed over the years. I mean, to have, you know, the people who come into our lives and really do um, changes and and, and um, teach us and help us grow. Um, for me, when I was talking about being the only, you know, one, um, there's a lot of individuals who have been the onlys, who have been the first, who have been um, the, you know, the you know groundbreakers, mm-hmm. the uh, ceiling crashers, and and things, and um, and that's where change occurs. Yeah, you know. And so um, when I went to college, the whole time I was there, I you know I I kept telling myself I don't want other kids to go through this. Mm-hmm. You know, hmm. if I ever get into position in where I can teach or whatever. Uh, other young students who are wanting to go to college or something, then, you know, that's what we need to do is share our experience. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. You know, we need to, um, you know, find that one person um, that we can mentor or or, um, help or advise or whatever it is that we can do. Because both my husband and I are both like that. I mean, he's his, you know... He is very, very much into doing that as well. We both uh, love to mentor um, and things. And so I think it was because I was in education. I was an elementary education major. Um, but I knew I, didn't, I wasn't going to be a good teacher. 
I did my student <laughs> teaching and realized, mm, this is probably not for me, but I wanted to stay in education. Mm-hmm. And so what I pursued was higher ed administration and and went the, the college route because I really wanted, I felt like that was the route in which I could uh, talk to high school students and help them get into college. And that's where I got into admissions and, and, and you know, to help students look at, you know, how to apply for college and what mm-hmm. does that all mean and, and that and and tell my story to those students who are very similar to me, who had similar backgrounds and things and says, you know, you can do it. And I always say even now with um, with working with the Kansas Hispanic Education and Development Foundation, you know, and working with those students over the years, it's that I always tell everybody it just takes that one person to believe in you. That's all it takes to be able to maybe change um, that student's life or their family's life or whatever it is, because that's all it took for me was one person. Um, and so there isn't any reason why we all can't be that one person mm-hmm. and things. And so that's why it became important for me to, to you know, mentor younger women, uh, to mentor students, um, you know, um, Anyone who's got a question and, you know, how did you do it or something, you know, um, there'll be students who'll ask and say, so what book did you read for you guys to get? I said, (laughs) a lot of books. I read a lot of books and did a lot of homework and did a lot of things um, in order to to get to where you are. I said, but it's not the books. It's really your own desire um, to, to, to really see what you can do. And along the way to make sure you always, always try to help somebody along the way. I love that. You know, because you're so approachable. You know, you just have to. You just have to. Um, I I think that's probably the greatest gift you can give um, a young person is just your time. I love that because you said, you know, just you just need one person um, to believe in you. But you've done so much. I mean, like you've created scholarships Mm -hmm. and you created the foundation and it's still how many years has that been going on? Oh, my gosh. I think like I want to say 2007, 2009, something like that is when it was started. And and, um, but again, it's not something that you do yourself. It's something you do with the help of a lot of other people Mm -hmm. who um who are kind of you bring along with you that you know are going to help you achieve that goal. And, you know, we've had um, our individuals on our boards have been phenomenal. We've got a great executive director right now and and associate director. We've had um, Irma Luna, who has been yes, our, the strength. Yeah, Miss, Miss Luna, <laughs> who was, you know, she was definitely the backbone and the strength of the organization from day one and, um, and built a great foundation uh, for us to grow from. And so those are the individuals that you just kind of have to keep working with. And, and, um, and um, you see everybody else, uh, you know, e- each little step we took says, OK, I think we can do better. You know, when we do another program, okay, I think we can do maybe this other program. Yeah. And and um, went from one scholarship um, to this year we gave out 61 scholarships. That in, is huge. In, That's beautiful. Um, over think- the years. And we've given almost um, over a million dollars in in, in um, scholarship money. I was going to ask that. you that. But I believe that's when I first met you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you came on board. Yep. And KHEDF. Yep. And- I came back and told Eb. Well, Ebony and I both yeah. decided 
Mm-hmm. West our energy at that time. Uh-huh. We That's need right. to be we part to of this. Yeah. And you, you say that exactly been. what you said. <laughs> so we need to grow with this. And yeah. I tell you, um, some of our students this year, I mean, we're getting our students who are now getting accepted. We've got one student, I think he's from North High, who's going to Yale. Beautiful. Wow. Yale. Yeah. I'm like, and I mean, he's so humble and stuff. And and uh, and we've had a student who just graduated um, uh, and is, um, I want to say John Hopkins, and I think that's where he graduated Whoa. from, uh, who's going to go into, well, he wants to be kind of a neurosurgeon. And mm-hmm. we've got... Um, Students who've done their internships at NASA. And um, one of our students, in fact, did the internship at NASA and was working on the helicopter that's right now in uh, is Mars and stuff. Where wow. They are, you know, right now and things. And so these are incredible experiences that we see them start when they're freshmen mm-hmm. and have yeah. no idea what they're getting into. And when they've completed their education and what they've been able to accomplish for themselves and their families is, you know, unbelievable. And so, the, and and I think every letter you thank you letter you get, or or a call you get from them, or hey, I want to give you an update what I'm doing, or whatever it is, that's your motivating factor right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. And like I said, that was the first time I met you. I don't know if you had met her before, yep. but mm-hmm. Ebony and I had a conversation. We just said we have to grow with this organization, and we yeah. we <laughs> yeah. And you guys were very, probably, and you guys and. Westar at that time was probably one of the very first corporate yeah, it, uh, sponsors that we had. It was very, so, impre- very that, impressive first impression. That meant a lot to us and um, and continue, you know, to um, reach out to the community. The thing about our community, uh, particularly the Latino community, is that our kids want to stay here. Yeah. Mm. They don't want to move. Mm-hmm. They don't want to go to a bigger city or whatever. They want to stay right here in Wichita, get their education in Kansas mm-hmm. uh, nice. and want to come back here to improve their community, to improve their family, you know, uh, their personal wealth their you know, to create um, an opportunity for themselves. And I think that's what a lot of our, you know, when we look at the chamber and um, other organizations, you know, really have to see who they are, who our young people are, and how do we nurture that? And how do we help them see the potential they have as well as the contributions that they're going to make mm-hmm. and things um, to the city um, and to the and to their community and to the workforce? And with our demographics changing the way they are, um, we have to be able to, to uh, embrace that. Absolutely. And that is where the diversity and inclusion in our workforce is going to be critical. And, and you've taken us on a journey. And let's, let's fast forward to, well, a few weeks ago. I need to get this shout out. And <laughs> congratulations on your induction to the Junior Achievement Hall of Fame. Yay, Thank you. June, Thank you. Back on June 15th. So congratulations on that. But let's talk about right now, where you are right here, right now in your leadership journey. How would you define this moment? You know, it's satisfying. Satisfying in the sense that, um, and um, feeling accomplished in the sense that I'm on the downhill now. I don't need to be on every single board anymore. Okay. I don't need to I'm be. I'm with you on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. That came out. That came out. I'm sorry. <laughs> in that I feel like I have in my leadership role, I've, I hope I have 
establish some kind of groundwork or foundation or whatever um, and be the one that no longer has, when we ask the question, why are there not any other, you know, people of color on this board or color in your company or in your leadership or whatever? And you get kind of the people who kind of roll their eyes at you all the time. So nice. what I should say is that there's less eye rolling and, right. and more um, allies and support and um, great change still needs to be accomplished. Um, I think the dialogue is there. I think the opportunity to listen and uh, bring about understanding is there. Um, we just now need to create the passion, mm-hmm. in a sense, uh, for that. And more than anything, to understand that um, it isn't to the detriment of a community, it's to the betterment of a community. Amen. And things. There is a quote that uh, Cesar Chavez, and it's probably the one thing that I probably always go back to and read and and have uh, kind of based for both for both for Jean and I, my husband and I, uh, that we base what we do. Um, and it just says um, we cannot seek achievement for ourselves and forget about progress and prosperity for our community. Our ambitions must be broad enough to include the aspirations and the needs of others for their sakes and for our own. So really it's our responsibility as members of a community to help improve the lives of all of our citizens, because when we do that, we not just only improve their lives, but we improve our lives as well. Mm. And I think that's what, um, so I think as a leader, that's kind of where I I now see myself um, in seeing that we have an opportunity here to finally have those conversations. And um, those difficult conversations always lead to better change. Mm. And we just have to have those conversations now. You Excellent. Know, at least the start of them. That's powerful. It's a powerful quote. <laughs> it is. It really is. Uh, that's wrap one of my up, favorites. B. I mean, I don't know how to wrap it up better than that. I mean, that, <laughs> that is amazing. Um, and, and, you know, it really does. It's a testament to who you are. And I don't know that people actually realize that you've helped and inspired and oh assisted hundreds and hundreds of individuals from young to old. You know, it's not just that you're um, helping those who are in high school and in college on mm-hmm. their journey, but you're inspiring grown adults, you know, as well. <laughs> right. And and you don't, it's just not about the talk for you because you don't really talk about it, right? It's all about what you, the work that you put in. And I admire that so very much much. So thank you for all that you've done and that well, you're thank doing. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So if you were to write a biography, nice. what would the title of that book be? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know. I've never thought about that. If mm-hmm. I were to write a biography, um, I think it would be The Dash. The Dash. So The Dash would be, you know, we always hear the people always say kind of The Dash. Mm-hmm. So you see you see the end result, but you never see the journey. Mm-hmm. You see the beginning. You know, you see the ends of where we are. And people see our successes or whatever it is, 
But people don't understand the journey and the sacrifice that was made along the way. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like it's that that dash, and that dash would represent kind of the journey of that. of what you you know of what you accomplish, and you never stop. Maybe you just keep adding more dashes, you know, along the way or whatever. But um, and, and I think that's the important thing, and that's the important thing that I always try to to tell young people. Because they will, you know, we have, we try to have a lot of functions at our home and things, you know, um, so that not because you're wanting people to see where you are, which, you know, but it's just, just also know that, you know, we all have our own definition of success. Mm-hmm. And it's important that you know what your definition of success, that what it means to you and how important that is to you, because not everybody's success is the same. Right. Mm-hmm. And it can mean so many different things to so many people. But your success should go along with what um, your passion is as well mm-hmm. and how you can also influence others and make change and try to improve the lives of others as well along the way so they can have their success. Mm-hmm. Nice. Know, nice. Sense. Well, we truly appreciate you being with us today, but we have one more <laughs> question. <laughs> okay. Actually, it's about seven of them. But <laughs> <laughs> this is the fun part. Uh, just word association. Okay. Give you one word. You oh give my us gosh. one word back. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's not wrong because it's your word, right? Okay. Leader. Dolores Huerta. Wichita. Change. Vacation. Oh, gosh. Mexico. <laughs> Entrepreneur. Jean uh, Camarena. I would concur with yeah. that. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> Be interested in this one. Failure. Ah, uh, failure, failure, failure. Gosh. Um, maybe education in a sense that I would I would have liked to have gone to law school. And okay. I didn't do that. Family? Oh my gosh. Uh familia. <laughs> There's family and then there's familia. Gotcha. Very different. Very different. There's a difference. (laughs) There's a difference. That's another show, I'm sure. Chamber. Growing. Understanding. I'm going to give you more words for that for the chamber. (laughs) Uh, Beverage. Uh, Margarita. Oh, Oh. I like how she rolled that. (laughs) And last but not least, fun. Friends. Excellent. Thank you for being here. I do have to say one thing. Uh Uh-oh. when we're talking about, uh, just real quick, when we're talking about um, being on boards and this kind of thing, and and um, I was just telling a friend of mine, I said, I now choose very carefully the boards that I want to be on mm-hmm. yep. because um, before you choose boards because of networking opportunities, meeting people, mm-hmm. doing those kind of things, mine is now the people that are on the board. Bingo. So I <laughs> always say, are these individuals somebody I want to go out and have a drink with or mm-hmm. not? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if they are then you know what? I'm going to be on that board. If not, mm, not going to be <laughs> And let the record show that Yolanda and I are on the Wichita Community Foundation board. And we I'm can just have saying, drinks, okay? She, she could be talking about me, but maybe not. <laughs> and I love, in fact, I'm coming off of that board and I keep saying, is there any way I can stay on? That's one of my favorite boards. That's one of them. That's one of them boards. I'm sorry. That's right. I digress. So anyway, they, me too. <laughs> so not your fault, Don. <laughs> 
No, this is great. <laughs> I can only aspire to be like oh, you too. So I think we're having drinks. In yeah. other words, it we're all going like to have drinks. drinks. Yeah. Okay? We can make that happen. Friends, we have come to that time. We're at the end of this journey where we've been able to have a wonderful conversation with Miss Yolanda Camarena. And she has, you know, shared with us her journey unseen. So thank you for listening. And Yolanda, thank you for being here with us. This is really fun. I really enjoyed it. It was kind of nice to go back and revisit your life a little bit and then figure out where you're going from here. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Till next time, guys, make sure that you follow us and that you subscribe and that you share with your friends and family in your network. Like us, love us, share us. Thank you for tuning in. Peace. The Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator is brought to you by the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce and is powered by Evergy. Visit wichitachamber.org for a list of the area leaders we've interviewed for this series. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net. We're glad you're here today. And we want to remind you to like us, love us, share us. We got a great, growing listenership. And it's all because of you, E. I, well, not because of you, but uh, I was handing it off oh, to you. Oh, I see. You know. Not because of it's me. It's because all of right. our listeners handing it off to <laughs> okay, you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that clarification. <laughs> I because you was going to go on that. So. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. Thank you for your support of small businesses. If you are interested in learning more about small business investment, contact Angie Elliott at A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T at wichitachamber.org.